All right, we are live back at it again with another fabulous episode of the Artist Bay Show, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, very excited. I'm on all the caffeine, like always. and Because uh, that's what you need, caffeine. It was it was a lonely week without you, man. I'm going to be honest. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of friends here. and I, I was only gone for three days. I know, but I bugged the hell out of Terry so much. He's like, Span, please come back. And you have graced us with your presence. Uh, how was your vacation? Oh, my vacation was lovely. I played a lot of video games. I hung out, I played more video games, I drank and hung out and played more video games. There you go, there you go. Yeah, it was nice and chill, just how I like it. No kids, no nonsense. I know, I remember someone asked you, like, what are your plans for the 4th? And you're like, absolutely nothing. I'm doing yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, who knows what could happen. I did end up seeing the new Spider-Man movie. Did you? Yes. How was it? The Spider-Man movie, the thing that Marvel does that I enjoy so much is that Marvel somehow manages to not only tell you the main story of the character mm -hmm. and make it relatable to like our own inadequacies and frights and fears and whatnot, but they make the world behind it its own personality. Okay. For instance, they have a new slang term for the five-year absence of all these people, and it's called blipping. So... You know how, do, do you... Do, I know nothing about comic Oh, that's books. right. You're that guy who yeah. didn't watch... Okay, anyway. Marvel, real quick. Marvel has who? Spider-Man? Oh, my God. You're going to oh, make me mad. Okay, anyway. Here we go. You know how you, when you made fun of me about pro wrestling, which, by the way, we're going to talk about pro wrestling. Oh, Jesus. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how you made fun of me about pro... That's how I'm making fun of you about uh, that. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, so anyway, the whole point is there was this guy, Thanos, who over the course of several movies got this Infinity Gauntlet, which gave him the power. He wanted to erase half of the universe. Sick. <laughs> That's metal, bro. <laughs> he wanted to do well. He wanted to do it because um, he was like the all the earth, all the world, all the universe's problems are become they're overpopulated. So if you kill, He's not wrong. If you yeah, if you well, that's what's <laughs> and see that's the tricky part that was in the the Marvel Endgame movie. Yeah, like they actually showed several points on how like having less people actually kind of made the world better like at one point they Jesus. mentioned <laughs> marvel wanted to create genocide is that what yes, you're saying so, <laughs> no, no it, that's what's so funny it's like there's good and bad to everything yeah like they said uh one point uh in endgame captain marvel goes uh i heard uh i saw uh i saw whale pods out in the san francisco bay and okay. and they're like whoa and he goes yeah no one's whaling them and there's less people to pollute so they can actually go in the San Francisco Bay now. And I was like, ooh, Whoa. wow. So that's a good point. Yeah. Like, we want our people back because we miss them. Yeah. But, like, the fact that we get them back, yeah, and it's like, yeah. So he, he wanted to erase half the population. Half the, half and, the population of the universe. And he did okay. it by getting this Infinity Gauntlet, all these stones, and snap. Is that where you he's uh, the, the people say, I don't feel so good, and they start disappearing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Was that, like, and obviously... Uh, that movie was released like six months ago, so I'm sorry if you haven't watched it, but you're going to spoil it for me. So, at the end, who dies? In, because I don't care. Like, I'll never watch these movies. Okay, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to go into all the characters. Does Iron Man die? 
I'm not going into that. I'm Dude, not. Going I want to know. No, I'm not doing that on the podcast. Why? No, I. I I'm I not know. spoiling them. You know what? You know what? Okay, it's you been know what? long enough. You, you know have what? A That's a good point. They were. They did. Wait, they went 13 years of making these movies without revealing the story. Right. So at this point, if you don't have the good gumption to go ahead and see the movie, <laughs> screw you. Yeah. You're catching some spoilers right in the eye socket. Well, so anyway, you didn't care about it enough. Obviously. So yeah, three characters died in the in that in that movie. Scarlett. Uh, 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 Black Widow, played okay. by Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Tony Stark. Iron Man does yes, die. Iron Man so died. will there never be another Iron Man movie again? Then, well, there will be something because Gwyneth Paltrow was in the End Game. Tony made her a suit. What the hell is Gwyneth Paltrow doing in the movie, dude? Gwyneth Paltrow was Pepper Potts, his main love interest. There's too many spider webs to this thing, man. That's what I'm saying. Like it's so much going up. Anyway, he made his girlfriend or wife at this point, I believe, Gwyneth Pepper Paltrow. Potts, Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. Mm-hmm. He made her her own suit. Yo, so there could be a female Iron Man. Yes. Oh, the and sexist people are probably losing their minds don't get about me st- it. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you if you're a sexist or racist, Marvel doesn't care. Did about you, you hear? about what there was the, somebody made a cut of the movie getting rid of all the female superheroes i didn't hear about that but someone one of my buddies blew up about it and was like if you are that like if you are that like worried about your manlyhood going away because there's females now in the comic book world someone made an entire movie of the end game but without any female characters. there's been females in comic books for years yeah and they've been fighting and kicking butt Oh, yeah. Years. Now, that hasn't translated to the screen as much as we would like. Mm -hmm. But now, what we're also finding is not just are they fighting and kicking butt, but like Mm -hmm. comics are approaching social issues and diversity when it comes to women. Well, look at Black Panther. And hold on, not just that, but they're also like they're. It used to be female characters were more sexualized and they were effective. Now, it seems like, well, no, they were always effective, but they're. Not just there to be eye candy. Right. They're also there. I mean, to kick but, ass. I mean, they okay, they kicked ass too. But like I'm saying, <laughs> the focus isn't so much on making them all like Barbies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Superwoman, every uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, she never had blonde hair, but she did have blue eyes. She had dark Superwoman hair. Superwoman did eyes. too have blonde hair. Oh, Superwoman. I'm sorry, yeah. I was thinking of Wonder Woman. No. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest. I mean, our carnal, our cultural understanding of what is the pinnacle of feminine sexuality yeah. has been defined by two things, Hitler and Playboy, okay? <laughs> like, like, for some reason— You're not wrong. Like, yeah. you're not wrong. And see, that's what's so sad. It's like— Yeah, it's we, crazy when you think about it that way. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we at some point decided— that blondes, blondes, especially blue-eyed blondes, yeah. were the pinnacle of female attractiveness. Now, the same's not said for men, but for some reason in women, yeah. that's how it is. And I think that it is said about men, though, because it's like if you don't have a beard and you don't carry an axe. Like, it's that, like... Paul Bunyan look that became a thing to where like every girl wants either a guy with a man bun or a beard and I have neither. No, okay. That's okay. why my wife is the, like, Meh. okay, <laughs> the man bun thing is going to go away. Just like that dad bod thing, which existed for about 18 minutes. I think it's a thing still. You want it to be a thing because you have a dad. Bod. Well, did you see what happens when you have a dad bod and you're in the UFC? Did you see, did no. you, you didn't, 
you what are you talking about? I want your live reaction right now. We're doing this okay. right now. So okay. Jorge okay. Masvidal, you know him? No, I don't. No. Okay, so okay. he fought Ben Askren. Okay. Oh, Ben Askren. I love Ben Askren. <laughs> this, oh, no. This, Did Ben Askren lose? I got to show you. <gasps> so, ben Askren lost? So if you, haven't, uh, if you haven't seen this yet, you can go to uh, the subreddit for MMA and uh, if it doesn't pop in here, I'll I'll find it. It's on YouTube. I could probably easily find it on YouTube. Oh Jorge Masvidal God. has a record of like 33 and 17. He used to do backyard fights with Kimbo, not with him, but in the same circle in Florida. And he lost to Ben. I mean, he beat Ben Askren. Watch. You you have to see this. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh my God! I can't believe he not only beat him, but he knocked him out in five seconds. With a, with a flying knee. Here it is. Here we go. Okay. I want. I, this is the best. Watch this. Okay. Done. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Which, oh my god. Jorge Masvidal is the same dude that knocked out Darren Till, who was like God's gift to Earth and the UK's golden boy. Oh my so, yeah, god. I I was laying in bed and I was watching Oh my the fight. god. Yeah. So I play DraftKings and I play Yeah, I, you conned me into that. Yes. Um so And then you don't give me any picks. Well you said you're gonna coach me on picks because you're good at making picks and you don't coach me on picks. I was five out of six for this week. My only pick that was wrong was picking Ben Askren over Jorge Masvidal. Everybody picked... If you had picked more Masvidal, yeah. you'd have banked. No but one was picking is, Masvidal over He was over a Askren. huge underdog. So I was like, okay, well, he's just going to lay on... Ben Askren's going to lay on top of him for yes. three rounds, get a, a crap ton of takedowns, and five sec Done. Fastest knockout in UFC history. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, Jose Aldo feels better now. Because yeah. he previously, I think, had the fastest was getting knocked the hell out. Yeah, it was like 13 seconds. Well, there's like uh, Dwayne Ludwig has a, had a good knockout, and there was a couple of them. But yeah, watching that live, I was like, what just happened? And see, that's why I don't understand why anybody could not be a mixed martial arts fan. Like, I don't, it is the most exciting sport. It can be the most boring ones. I mean, there's some GSP fights that are like, ugh, you know, but for the most part, yes. it is. The See, that's what drives me crazy about people who say GSP fights are boring. I'm like, from a technical aspect, if you've ever rolled with anyone, you see what's going on. The hand right. placements, where the head's going, like how the they're moving. It's like, as far as I'm concerned, it's the same as stand-up. Like, when you're, when you're on the ground, and like you're maneuvering, whenever the ref's not stopping you, that means something's going on. Right. Sometimes UFC refs but don't the really booing, respect the man, ground. Like the booing, like John Jones fought uh, Thiago uh, Santos, and it was a five round fight. And some say that Thiago might have won, and this isn't an MMA Wait, podcast. Wait, Thiago Alves went no, the distance? No, no, not Alves. Thiago Santos, who, who's been on a streak. He's Brazilian. Um, of course. A 205-pounder, and he fought John Jones, but people were booing during the fight. And it's like— They do that all the time, though. Unless it's a five-second knockout, no one wants to—you know, and it's like you don't—it's a game of chess. When you get into like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're on the ground, there's a reason why this guy's wrapping up only his one leg or doing wrist control or making sure that he brings his head in towards his chest. Like there's so many moves that like and obviously I'm an armchair MMA fan. I have no experience in in, you know, MMA or anything like that other than doing wrestling for one year or whatever. But it's something that I respect because it's like there's so many different 
it's mixed martial arts for a reason. You could be the yes. greatest wrestler in the world. You could be 19 and 0, but you're 19 and 1 now because you got knocked out. Right. And it's like, the, it, it's always so satisfying the dudes that talk the most crap. And Ben is one of those guys. If you ben know, talks a lot of crap. Oh my God. He is the biggest crap talker. Ah, well, yeah, it's, good. If you watch any of the interviews, it's, uh, yeah. See, it's, now what's funny is Ben Askren's now going to become like the most deadly fighter ever because yeah. he's the type of dude. Who like is obsessive about everything? Yeah, like and I think he can he crush watermelons with his hands. He Gosh. does like the bulldog choke and yeah. can crush. So the dude's tough, but it's that dad bod thing that you were just talking about. And for him, he's got the dad bod nation behind him. Like people, it's crazy how much MMA fans hate wrestling, but how similar they are. Because when you look at acts like Conor McGregor, you look at Ben Askren. 90% of the reason why people like them aren't necessarily the fighting. It's the antics that they do before. It's the trash talk. Well, before. that's, that's, it's fight part sport. of, that's fight sports. Right. It's always Look been at that Muhammad way. Ali and, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, the butterfly and sting like a bee thing. Like that is an iconic line or Tyson when he's like, right. I'm going to eat your children. Like, it's like that trash oh talking God. stuff is like it, people can say, and what's so weird is mixed martial arts is such a respectable sport. When you knock somebody out, you make sure that they're okay after most of the time. And you, you go up and you shake their hand. But before, I mean, that's why Connor and Nate Diaz was one of the greatest fights ever. It wasn't even so much the fight. It was the trash talking that led up to oh it. Oh, my God. There was so much trash talking. And, oh, when Nate Diaz beat Connor McGregor, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Nate Diaz just got himself a $20 million But that's million just like when, when, uh, when Rampage Jackson beat Chuck Liddell. And it was like, <laughs> wait, you know, or was it Rashad Evans? I think it was Rashad. I think he might have. No, I don't I think, think he, he beat Rashad. No, see. I think he beat. Uh, I think he beat uh, one of. I can't remember. It's been so long. There's so much I don't remember. Yeah, about who it, beat who? But it's something though that, in the grand scheme of things, it's. Uh, man, it's nice. It's just. It's nice to see when you talk what happens to you like that and it's always the ones that don't talk that you have to be worried about like habib habib doesn't do to t the trash talk he it's because he don't speak english well no he if he spoke english. more english he'd do more trash talk yeah yeah his english is getting better though man it was funny because uh i talk, i actually have a buddy who's in azerbaijan mm -hmm. we he reached out randomly to people because he loves black people yeah uh which is still a weird <laughs> thing that this dude from azerbaijan he he loves, I mean, when I say he loves, but like black people, black culture, like one of the things he wanted to do is like, he wanted to be able to say the N word with other black people, oh. but he's, he's from Azerbaijan. He don't understand. All he understands is he, and think about this. This so is what ethnicity so Hold is up, he? hold up. He's, he's Azerbaijani. I don't know what that is. It's white person from the Northern Asian continent. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, he... <laughs> he, uh, cause he's right outside Russia. He speaks Russian too. Okay. But he speaks Azerbaijani. But like, they are not native English speakers, but they know there's a certain status to being able to say the N word around black people and not get stomped sideways. Yeah. So it's like, he wants to be able to do this. Like, uh -huh. he wants to be so in with black people, like in America or anywhere, he wants to be able to say it and be cool. And, I got all types of stuff to say about that inclination that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> I'm just telling you how deep he is into black American culture. Uh -huh. And uh, why did I start this? There was a whole reason about, about oh, it. he told me I was I, I went to him like because when Conor McGregor called uh, Habib 
a Dagestani rat. Oh, dude, that was dude, pushing he, the line. Yeah, he, that was... flew, he flew off the handle in a way we'd never seen him flip out. Yeah. His, and his, I remember his brother came after him after the fight. Yeah. And so I, I go to my Azerbaijani boy, and I'm like, dude, what is up with this Dagestani rat thing? Ugh. He goes, that's because they're rats. I was like, what do you, what is that? See, but that's the, that's it's the, like, oh. it's almost, it's funny. It, because it's white people on white people, right. but it's almost a racial thing. Right. But it's a socioeconomic thing, yeah. basically saying that like people from Dagestan are like poor and pathetic mm. and nothing and lower and should you, be stomped it, Like on. that's worse than calling someone the N word, though. Like it really. No, 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 no. It's worse than Listen, when it comes to those two cultures fighting each other, it, it's equivalent to. Calling someone a, a a rat like a Dagestan, I don't yeah, yeah. even like saying it because it makes okay, me. Okay, that's what I'm saying. When you say it's like more, it's like no, no, no. It's the same thing. Yeah, it comes similar. From the same yeah. place. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't come from the same place, but it comes from a socioeconomic, socioeconomic, like also racial. Yeah. But in the end, it's socioeconomic. But it's like it's really just we have power that you don't. Right. So we can call you this, and you react emotionally because you know you can't really fight that because but Connor, it bothers you. So Connor much. was talking about. About, like the wars that they fought against each other as called and it's like dude you're getting way too like like when to me if you're gonna trash talk that's fine women and children should never be involved and neither should religion it never should there's trash talk i understand you're trying to sell a fight it was the biggest pay-per-view of all you know of all time for ufc was it really i'm, I'm almost positive yeah i'm and now now they I don't report to, numbers uh, yeah they do yeah, they report uh, biggest. They don't report paper. They don't report pay per view numbers yes, in do. general. It's no, buys. They don't. Yes, they do. They do not report pay per view. People yes. have been asking for a long time why they don't report pay per view buys. Most pay per view main events. Um, yes, they do. They should. They will tell you it had two hundred thousand something buys. I guarantee you. Huh. Yeah. Let me. Um. While I'm looking that up. Uh, I'm pretty sure like Holly Holmes versus uh. No, it was uh. I want to say Misha Tate. Uh, Ronda Rousey was uh, probably one of the uh, one of the highest. Yep, and Brock Lesnar. Um, oh, Brock Lesnar! Oh, Brock Lesnar! You, you, you threat. So, so, and this is crazy. So, UFC 229 had 2.4 million dollar pay per views. 2.4 million. And that's the one with Conor McGregor. That's the one in Conor McGregor and Habib. Uh, Diaz and McGregor 1.6, and that was Diaz and McGregor two, wow. followed by uh, Diaz and McGregor one, which was 1.3. Uh, Alvarez and McGregor. McGregor literally holds one, two, three, four, uh, five. All top fives. There's all these pretend Irish in the United States who want to fight for the yep. Great White Hope. Yeah, yeah people it, think yo. that since they're from Boston, they're automatically 100% Irish. Well, like, no. Yeah, I know. But then it goes uh, Lesnar versus Carwin, uh, Rousey versus Holm, Nunez versus uh, Rousey, Lesnar versus uh, Velasquez. So it, it, when you— Conor McGregor is a bigger draw yeah. than, than— And literally— Oh, you, did you hear that they're bringing back uh, Lesnar? After no, his, they're not. Oh yeah, no, after his, not. after his latest banning ends, yeah, they're gonna bring him in. There's no way. They totally, they totally are. I guarantee. The thing it. is, is it, you know, it's hard to. He watch. makes too much money. They were gonna have, they were gonna have him and uh, who's the Fedor? They mm-hmm. were trying to get him and Fedor at O2 Arena in uh, UK. Yes. Can you imagine if that had much. worked out? Oh See, my but god. But now and now, like the, you look at some of the acts that are getting more recognition and it's like the Colby Covingtons and the you know the people that run their mouth are getting more recognition they don't even have to fight wait is Colby that Trump guy yeah dude dude but like see? seriously you, okay from a personal level like when he was doing all that stuff the first thing I thought was I just won't watch those pay-per-views because like 
by hating him, yeah. I'm supporting oh, yeah. his level of You're trash influencing talk. It. And it's like that's how I vote with my money. Yeah. Like I wanna I want what I want internally is to watch his fights and hope somebody just stomps his guts side. But sideways. you don't want to pay for it. Yeah, but see, no, but I wanna pay for it because I wanna see it. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't pay for I can't be involved because I don't want to money. You're putting that. money in his pocket. Yeah, so it's like I can't do it. So I just I won't see any of his fights. I won't watch any of his. And mind you, if we're talking about showmen, yeah, like this dude is smart as hell. Yeah, because he has chosen something that immediately polarizes, mm-hmm. and it's going to get him right to the front of the oh, everything. Yeah. And he got a title da- shot because of it. Exactly. Yeah. Dana has to put him in a position. Yeah. Did he? Did he win? I thought he. Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won the title. He beat didn't Damian he? Maya, um, and then he beat RDA. He beat Damian Maya. Yeah. Yeah. And he held him down for five rounds. <gasps> yeah. yeah, which to do that to Damian Maya is like unheard of. Yeah, and then he wait, w- and Colby's just a wrestler, right? Yeah, and then Colby was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley, but then Tyron Woodley's got a hand injury now. Oh, so man. now I'm almost positive he's fighting a Kamara uh, Usman for the title. Yeah, but now Gamebred Masvidal, the guy who knocked out Ben Askren, is in title contention. But Gamebred yeah. Masvidal and Kobe Covington trained together. And he said, I, I'm not here to high-five. He said like he would fight him. They would both fight each other. Yeah, he's not going to pull, like a, who was it, Daniel uh, Daniel Cormier? Yeah. Who, because of Velasquez, wouldn't fight in the heavyweights. Yeah. yeah. That annoyed that Dude, it's, so I don't much. see how any, and I'm sorry if we're boring most of the audience, but I got to say, like I don't understand how anyone could not be entertained by watching mixed martial arts. And obviously, I'm... I, I've watched it for years and years and years and it's gotten bigger and bigger. But now like the guys are just too good. Like, it's just like the, the sport, they, they had USADA come in and get rid of all the dope heads for the most part. Um, You're so cute. You actually think they got all the dope heads. Most of of them. They caught TJ who TJ was on a run for a while and then they caught him and they're like, you're doing EPOs. And he's like, yeah, I am. Like, you know, they've gotten people like John Jones. I mean, they're getting the people and they're suspending them. But here's the thing. It's when you look at fighters. Okay, say you're a fighter and they come to you and they have to the UFC contractually has to offer you three fights a year to keep you on contract. Now, Uh you don't have to accept those fights, but they have to offer them to you, which is crazy when you think about it. Like they're giving you three opportunities to fight a year. But you're not getting paid that much, dude. No, you're, you're not. not getting paid. And that you much. could be pl- you could be in what's pro wrestling calls a squash match. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the, they, they and see, it's a total setup. It's like, look, dude, you can either take this squash match or you can just not fight. And it's like, I mean, you as a fighter, like, I mean, if you're gonna, you can take your teaching, your, your teaching money, and keep paying for your camps. But at some point. You gotta fight. So when you look at the the main uh, the co main event on UFC 239 was Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm. If you had to take a guess as to say how much do you think she won just to show, just to show up and fight, because you get show money and then you get win money. Yes. So just to show how much do you think she earned? Amanda Nunes. Amanda Amanda Nunes? Nunes. Yeah. She's the champ still, right? The double champ. Yeah. The double champ. She beat Cyborg and then she. yeah, she's she the beat double Cyborg. Sh- yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, fight. she knocked out Cyborg in fifty seconds. She knocked seconds. out Cyborg in fifty. Yeah, Amanda Dude. Nunes. Yeah, fifty-one seconds. Oh my God, I think Amanda Nunes probably got maybe a hundred thousand dollars to show up and maybe a fifty thousand bonus if she wins. She got altogether 
$550,000 for a total payday. And she's still underpaid. She got 30000 to show, an additional 200000 for her win, and then she earned 50000 for her performance of the night. I'm sorry. She got 30000 to show up. No, 300000 I'm sorry. Okay. 300000 to show, 200000 to win, and an extra 50000 for a total of 550 Now, Holly Holm earned just 300000 Okay, now see, here's my thing about UFC, mm-hmm. and it kind of drives me crazy. Um, I am not an authority in any way, sh- shape, or form when it comes to promotion, mm-hmm. but anything else. But I've been dealing in radio with shows and promoters long enough to see what I what I recognize is lacking. Yeah. And what I recognize is lacking is that Dana White does not know how to promote the UFC. No. He has, he has had the benefit of having stars that kind of shot up through the ranks. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to, like, making sure that your your fighters have, like, like means of income, mm-hmm. especially like if you're in the top five in any division, there's no reason you shouldn't have multiple endorsements right. at the UFC. Multi million dollar that we're well aware of. But okay? that's why boxing. When you look at boxing, if Floyd Mayweather is set for life and his family for generations are set for life because boxing's effective way in promoting it and paying the fighters. And that's why the Ali Act is so important. But when you look at some of these fighters that are making 5K to show and 5K to win, and sure, they're the first fight on the beginning of the preliminary card, but still, like, you've got to pay your managers, you got to pay your camp, and that's why yes. it's so important to never yes. let it go to the judges. Well, you're going into, well, go to the judges, but I mean, it's like in baseball, the more you swing for the fences, the more likely you're going to miss the ball and strike out. Yeah. Like in baseball, they've seen an incredible incredible rise of, of home runs did you did but you, also a rise of strikeouts i so these dudes are hitting the ball out of the ballpark but they also going back to the bench faster than they ever have in history of baseball so yeah. it's like i mean do you want the long ball yeah like do you want to juice the ball so you can have the long ball you want guys to focus too? on launch angle yeah as opposed to actually playing baseball justin verlander just came out justin verlander just came out and said that he thinks that they're juicing the balls that the mlb is I don't care if they say they think that they are juicing the balls. Yeah. Like one year they average like so and so amount of home runs, then the next year it's up forty five percent. I'll be honest, like I wore a Detroit of Tigers they juice the balls. I wore a Detroit Tigers hat, and I have a Detroit Tigers tattoo uh, because I was born in Detroit. But I, I have to be honest with you. The only exciting thing about baseball is the All-Star Games, like the home run derby and all that. Man, I don't care about that either. Really? I, I like going to baseball games because never being there, dude, going to baseball, it's a weird thing to say. But is it a white people drinking event? Because that's I, how they treat all of that. Let me finish, Sorry. Captain Interrupter. Sorry. Sorry. So anyway, like baseball games are fun to go to mm-hmm. just to be at whether or not you care about what's actually going on in the field you you're basically out in the open hopefully it's a good weather day mm-hmm. you have somebody with you you're drinking booze it's basically like going to the park except you paid if you go to the tigers you probably paid 150 bucks for the privilege of going to the park but like it's fun. Like yeah. I like going to baseball games. That's why I love going to lug nuts games. For the price of like 20, 30 bucks, you and a date can have dinner. Yeah. You can have some beer. Well, more like 40. You can park. You can pay for your tickets. Like, oh man, I'll talk about going to lug nuts games all up one lug side nuts down the is other. Fine, but I feel like Detroit Tigers, when they do the opening day every year, it literally and and Maybe it's because I stopped drinking, okay? But dealing with, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to turn this into a race issue at all. But belligerent. You always say I'm not trying to, and then it's like right in that wheelhouse. Well, no, because it's like, it's it's against my people in the sense of like, the worst people to deal with are drunk white people. 
drunk white college kids that go to Tigers games and Bruh. and you see it on Bruh. TV. You see them just Bruh. they tear everything up. They get wasted. Bruh. There's always the girl that's like, Amy my birthday. There is no group of people that aren't a piece of crap. <laughs> When they are drunk, like white people do not hold an exceptional area in that black people, like Arab people, like any ethnicity, any race, any anything. At some point, they're going to do something that's like, oh, my God. When you don't they get think drunk. drunk white people are worse than any other. Demographic. I just think they're entitled. So personally, to me, it's especially annoying. Yeah. But like I've been around situations with drunk people of all types of races. Yeah. And I dislike them all equally. Yeah. It's just I guess I just uh, I like look at people in general in groups are like more emotionally likely to get into some nonsense, period. Mm. OK. When you add that alcohol aspect, yeah. it makes it go everything. Can, it can either be a love fest or it can just be like everybody's going to jail. I think it does go back to the entitlement thing, though. You make a very good point in the sense of like white people know that they can go to certain events and be drunk and belligerent and probably get away with it and not get arrested. Mm -hmm. And it's listen, I just I'm, uh, we've never made this a political podcast, but Pete Buttigieg was in South Bend and he was talking about, um, you know, the police and everything. And this old white guy said, you just need to tell black people to stop doing so many drugs and stop, you know, creating so many crimes and being under the inf and Pete Buttigieg was like, do you know that a black person goes to jail? Uh, is four times more likely to go to jail as for the same crime as what a white person does. And listen, uh -huh. when it comes to t statistics, they're very rarely are they biased. The statistic is set as a scientific statistic after research is brought in. So when you look at like opening day, if I could think of one place that I would never want to be, and I used to work at a bar, I used to, I love going to concerts. Concerts are kind of different, <laughs> but. Detroit Tigers opening day is the epitome of wear all the Tigers gear, go to the one day, and then forget about them the whole season. Is that what you? I, I have never been to an opening day, nor do I want to go to an opening day at, Tiger, at at Comerica Park. What I, all I know is that like I like to go to random like Thursday or Saturday games and just be there. Like I don't, I don't really care about the crowd. I don't care about the people. Like and. Like, that's the nice thing about the ballpark. Like, for the most part, you don't have to deal with drunk white people if you Are don't you want sure? to. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't. I mean. I see, I see these videos on YouTube, man, either at the Lions there's games. There's a big difference the, between a video on YouTube and actually being there. I know there's more than one section at Detroit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, park. I've been to Comerica Park. Yeah. I was at Comerica Park for a Metallica show. Okay? You want to talk about belligerent oh, white people potential? That's God. off the charts. I didn't have any problems. That's what I'm saying. It's the the likelihood that you'll deal with that, it's very unlikely. Do you uh it, 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 and this really segues into something that I've been wanting to ask you. Have I been the black guy at a white party and everybody got drunk and they asked me all questions about race and stuff? Yes, I have. No, that wasn't times. What I, I wasn't going to ask you that at all. Okay, well, all right. I was going to all right, well, it's out there now. Congratulations. How awkward is that, though? I mean, now that we're on the topic of it, how I'm sure you've been to your fair share of parties before. How awkward is it? Have you ever been in a situation where you're at a party and a drunk white dude comes up to you and says uh, it says the N-word to you? And like, a, what's up, my... Uh, has that ever happened? No. Never? I'm big, dude. Like, yeah, that is true. If I was like five foot four, I think the potentiality was there. <laughs> but like... If I was five foot four and yeah. like ninety pounds, yeah. it's possible. But for the most part, like white people know 
that if they are going to be regular users of the N word, yeah. not to do that around black people. I've had even it, in the company of having lots of white people with you. What were you going to say? My buddy had it happen to him before, and it was so. Cr- Your buddy who is black or yeah, white? Yeah, yeah, who was black? Who was black? And okay. it was so cringy because it's like, ugh. like when white people try too hard to be somebody else, and I'll. I used to work at a rhythmic radio station. I've done hundreds of interviews. A rhythmic with... radio stations means pop that plays rap. Yes, yes, a it's like it's urban pop. Rap. Like it's yes. you know, in the same time that they'll play, uh, you know, a uh, 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 Chance the Rapper song, they'll do an Ed Sheeran song. Like yes. it's, it's very. Yes. But I I listened to some of my interviews, and my wife pointed this out to me the other day. I was listening to one of them because I was looking for something. Um, I'm not that narcissist. Well, yeah, I am. But um, I was about to say, I, don't even try. I know, but. I was listening to it and I was like, I'm trying too hard to sound urban, to try and sound like the person that I'm interviewing. And it's so cringy because when people do that, and I noticed that a lot up north, oh my gosh, you want to talk about appropriating culture and trying to steal from, from you know, they, they watch one Eminem video and next thing you know, their pants are sagged and they think that they can rap and it is the cringiest thing Ever, especially when none of those people, like in Northern Michigan, you have never even stepped foot out of out of West Branch, let alone have you ever visited Detroit and seen what it's like. That's the most fascinating thing about hip hop culture. Yeah, it originated in basements. Yeah, and the basements and uh, the projects in Bronx. Right, and it is so powerful. It even fills spaces where there are a dearth of black people. Yeah. Like, that's the most fascinating thing about the perceived hip-hop, quote-unquote, culture. Yeah. And see, I've seen that everywhere. It is funny to me. I've been to parties, right, where it's all white people, and there's the white dude that dresses and talks black. Yeah. And then I show up, and one of two things happens. One, he calms down on that stuff because mm-hmm. he feels like he's going to be made to be look like the fraud that he is. Right. Or he um or he goes full out. And it's all like he he tries to dap me up. Yeah. He wants to talk about sneakers. He tells me how he loves the last Kanye album. <laughs> and it <laughs> And it was funny. And then, but and then, the, bro, the, I gotta tell you, I love the last. I totally understand it. No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's like, oh, what's up, man? Yeah. man you hear that new Kanye? Yeah. I love that new Kanye. I'm like, yeah, Kanye's wonderful. I enjoy his music a lot. It's like I go full on straight, yeah. like straight, like English speaker. Like yeah. I don't care. But like the funny thing is, on the flip side, when it's the white <laughs> chick that does that. Ugh. You got to be careful because she is. She's trying to. She's trying to get on her knees in the bathroom. But it's see, weird. It's here's so the weird. thing, though. There are so there's a place outside of Detroit called Down River, and there's an e-course area. Too. Yeah, I know. I know. And there's that, artists yeah. there that are white. Yes. That to them they get a pass. I'm sorry, but if you grow up in that area and you're a product no, of your environment, no no, 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 really, no. So like to you, it's Eminem not, has no justification having an accent and rapping. No, no, the, and see that's the problem with justification of culture of appropriating that culture is not it, the uh, the there is no justification for it because if you're appropriating. You are straight up stealing. There's a difference between appropriation and participation. No one has a problem if you participate. Your problem is when you appropriate. And I'll tell you the difference. Mm -hmm. The the, the cultural appropriator, perfect example, Justin Timberlake. Like Justin Timberlake couldn't wait to hang around Jay-Z, couldn't wait to hang around other like black pop stars. But like whenever you saw him out on the town, he was always with other white 
people. Like okay. he's one of those dudes that kind of treats black people like a vacation he takes and, <laughs> and an idea that he can like play with. And but then when he goes back to his white people, like it's all back to okay, the white people. Okay, what about Post stuff. Malone? I'm gonna name some names and you say Now see, I'm not deep into that. Uh-huh. But you know, I can I I don't have I'm not gonna call I'm not gonna try and I'm not gonna put anybody like on potential blast or anything like that. But the cultural appropriator is the person who does not take on aspects of the culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing, like if it's one thing if you love to rap, it's another and it's a love another thing if you love to battle is quite another if like we see you like you are involved in elements that are against like say oh man it's so hard i've never really put i've never articulated this so it's kind of hard to put it but it's like you it's the it's the person who uses it as a place to visit not a place to stay at or or a place to capitalize off of like our like our good friend kid rock yeah it's like <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i'll totally say he's a, yeah. he's definitely a cultural appropriator yeah. um Do and think- he wasn't at first right but at some point he became one, and I don't know what happened. Now, do you think that it's just that from him switching to a rap album like Devil Without a Cause to something that has like a summertime in no, Northern Michigan? No, if you want to rap, that... don't nobody care if you want to rap. But he has a black drummer. But here's drummer. the problem. <laughs> <laughs> just like elvis presley's thing it was always people said that he wasn't racist because he had a black member in the band i that doesn't i i don't know if elvis presley was racist was he a cultural appropriator yes you can culturally appropriate Mm -hmm. and not be a racist Well, the whole rock thing is cultural appropriation who you tell it comes from blues it comes from rhythm and soul and it comes from gospel and well you go all the way back before that right the whole but when you look at chuck berry you know, you, you you can go you can go yeah. all the way back. The whole point I'm trying to make is the people who take it are the people like it's funny. The British invasion people mm-hmm. they weren't cultural appropriators. How so? Because they were fans of uh, the blues, and they came here at, when they first got there when they blew up and they got their American tours playing arenas. They were expecting like Led Zeppelin told these stories, Rolling Stones told these stories of coming back here mm-hmm. and expecting to see their blues heroes they doing, in arenas. But aren't they doing the same thing by coming over and taking money from the United States and taking it back to the UK? Well, see, they it's okay. I guess the difference is thievery versus homage. Like if you are respecting the culture mm-hmm. and you're participating in the culture, if you make money off it, I mean, we ain't gonna beef because you make money. Right. We let, let's be clear, black people know the deal. Like we know we'll make something <laughs> awesome, yeah. and then white people will do it and they'll make more money on it. That's yeah. that's been the way for a long ass time. That's not new. Right. The thing is. Just don't be dishonest or disingenuous about it, because we'll just laugh at you. And the long gone are the days where black people got on Twitter and were just like, "Oh man, this part, no, no, no." We know, we know. But here's the thing: fighting is Do not you even think worth it. When you look at the pinnacle of rap, when you look at like the top three, okay. And you could, do you think that there's a justification to put Eminem in the top three? Of or is, course. Or, but, but is he just culturally, a pro, or is he a product of where he came from? It's not about where he came from isn't so much. Because Logic is doing pretty dang well for himself. Yeah, but everybody and thinks no Logic called- is white. And he's not. He's what biracial. Is he? He's biracial. So his dad is black and... Uh, um, well, his phenotype presents white as hell, right, even if his genotype is where different. You get into but, it. Is so, he allowed but, to say the N word? But no, no. He, if you present, he knows better. That's why he has it. <laughs> like he knows. Like even though he may be biracial, he knows there's limits because he knows that if he does it, he's gonna deal with other white people. I that think do. he said it before. 
he may have said in a certain context where he knows he has i i interviewed him before he has the longest fingers ever have you ever seen this i'm gonna show you i have no to. i i he has I, I really fingers. don't care about his fingers at all you need to like see i don't you, you are we to. really having this deep conversation oh about cultural appropriate and you want to talk about a dude's you fingers? have to see how big his, his hands are i mean he's like it's I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, I I really I I'm just like I I really have I I I can't win. Like this is nothing. Like this is like what? Wait, I don't care about his fingers, bro. Like if you want to fun on his fingers, feel free, bro. Like, like. But when I look at it, when I look at getting back to the point, the point is is well, that if we get back to the point, the point was end game. But we have since long know, gone away from there. This is ADD radio and it's fullest people. <laughs> like this is we have to have this podcast so then the Sunday show sounds halfway coherent. <laughs> because by then I've exhausted all of my thoughts out. And Spans told me that I've interrupted a million times. Like it's but when I look at it, I okay. look I look at getting back to the Tigers games and opening day. I think that if you want, I would never ever ever in my entire life my son is eight years old and then i've got a three-year-old and then i've got triplets okay i would never take any of them until they're about 16 17 to an opening day of tigers game that to me is that and it's not so much of the debauchery and everyone's naked and people are banging like it's just like that goes on there i I see uh, from what I've seen I've on the been YouTube. To two Tiger games. I didn't have to worry about nothing like that. When I yeah, but have well, you gone on Tiger opening game, day? I, well, the first time I went to a Tigers game, there was okay. I can't get into that story. There's this is much. coming from someone who has never been to a Tigers game. I've just watched. Ew, gross! You've never even been to a Tigers no, game. No, but I've watched a lot of YouTubes. Oh my god! You That's go- like a guy who says I can build a skyscraper. I learned about it on YouTube. Shut up! Get out of here! You know how much you can learn from YouTube? How I can dare learn you. a lot, but I'll be damned if I'm gonna sit here and be like, "Yo, I could build a skyscraper. I learned how to do it on YouTube." Listen, it's Detroit like, Tigers here. opening day fight. There are so many videos. I mean, there's there's uh, what is it? The compilation videos. <laughs> it's just like, and it's one of those things where you look at all the people fighting, and it's these dudes. Sick, bro. Give me a freaking Bud Light, bro. I'm about to drink it. Sick. How dare you say Bud Light? You know it's Natty Light. Don't play. No, they drink Bud Light out there. That's classy. <laughs> it's Bud Light, Miller Light. Maybe if you're lo- lucky, a Keystone. Okay. But like when you look at like, I don't want to take my kids out to sporting events because you, you see what happens in these sections. It's drunk old white people that never get out, that forgot to take their Xanax, or they took their Xanax and start drinking, and oh, then they're Lord, fighting because someone else is wearing another guy's name on his back. Like the fact that Dude, people, I, I have seen videos of that stuff at football games. It's I've so seen, I've been to precisely one professional football game. I saw nothing happen. Right, I heard. Nothing nothing happened like i mean i've been doing pro fo- i've been to a lions game and yeah. i didn't see anything but what i will say is there i'm not gonna shelter my kids and never let them see that in their in their lifetime i'm not saying that but there's an appropriate age to introduce them to the real world of I things say, i say 12 13 is fine because that's yeah. what that's when they're getting to know adults it's anyway so, it's so crazy like my stepdaughter is 13 and the stuff that's the girl who's like taller than you Thank you. You have like Thank an you. eight foot daughter. I was like, golly, yeah. she's taller she's than me. She's five nine now. Okay, I uh, I uh, I was brought into her life when she was nine, and she was so much more fun then because we would sing, so we would make oh, yeah. parody songs and oh, yeah. and all this. And now she wants nothing to do with me. Yeah, she can't stand. Well, she likes me because we have a we have a 
white stripes cover band called the black dots and we play guitars and we play uh white stripes songs but dude you are ahead of the curve when it comes to having a 13 year old kid if you can get your kid to like play music with you dude it's money (laughs) it's the money i need to get her on my side and i need to mold her into a superstar but the thing is is like 13 years old is a good age to introduce them this like the real world stuff because there's certain stuff they're already experiencing it and i'm like at 13 years old, I didn't know nothing about nothing, but this is why. It's all right here. Yes, yes. It's all, you could yes. put a parental block. You could do whatever you want. Yes. You know what's on YouTube? Yes, I do. Do you know that if you want to watch a Serbian film on YouTube, you can watch the full movie? And I don't know if you know about that movie, but it is the most grotesque movie you ever watch in your entire life. You can find it on YouTube. You're going to have to send me the link to this because I definitely want to see you it. You don't want to see it. When you say grotesque, what do you mean? Like, what's in it? I can't even talk about it. I'll tell you off air. Like, is is it is it like murder dirty or is it sex dirty? Both. Oh, yeah. I got to get this link. You, I will. Oh, I got to see. I can't wait to see And my this. buddy, my buddy who does my tattoos, I told him that I wanted to see the movie and I couldn't find it anymore. He's like, hey, I got a copy right here and gave it to me. So then I was on Reddit and I was like, I want to check out to see how bad this really is. And they have a dubbed version on YouTube. You can find it on Reddit. And I watched one scene. And I was like, nope, nope nope and you know me i can handle horror movies nope when it has to do with the stuff that it has to do in that film nope but the fact is it's like a 13 year old could be on there watching that and and i i would go as far to say that i've been recently doing this where the stuff that i watch and and ingest into my brain becomes who you are and when i get online and i watch fight videos or i watch nothing but horror movies or i you know that stuff eats away at your brain. And I think that statistically it could cause not PTSD, but the stuff you see somebody get killed, whether it's in person, obviously it's different uh, in it person. It can cause PTSD. Yeah, obviously it's different in person though. But remember when the Nicholas Berg videos came out? And <laughs> Nicholas had, Berg? Yeah, the beheading know. of the journalist. It was like the first ISIS video that came out. Oh, okay. And it, it was actually before ISIS. Um, and I watched that at like 13 years old. Lord have mercy. And well, I was a kid and I had a computer in front of me and me and my buddy watched it and it was just like whoa. But you almost like so 13-year-olds have like access to this stuff. Yes. Like rotten.com to where you could see pictures of people with their and it's just like rotten bro the dark web is out there yo oh. and it's not hard to access. I don't know if you listen to well you listen to podcasts and I don't know if you know about Sword and Scale. I do, yeah. There is an episode of Sword and Scale and it is about the dark web. And I actually stopped listening to that podcast fully recently because I just can't handle murder podcasts. Wait, which wh- there was okay. There was one I, that involved little kids, and it involved buying. Like it was just, it was bad. Okay, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. listened to the whole thing. I strong armed my way through it, and then afterwards, for the next couple nights, I couldn't sleep and I couldn't figure it out. You couldn't figure all your paranoia. The last thing you should expose yourself to is the real stuff that happens behind that cause things that cause your paranoia. But the thing paranoia. is, you look at stuff like Live Leak and you look at it's all out there. Yes. And like the fact that like 13 year olds with unlimited phone access yes. could see that stuff. Yes. And it's just like it, it, it sucks because it takes away the innocence and the holiness of a child. And, you know, you could say, well, OK, OK, OK. I'm totally interrupting here mm-hmm. because how dare you? I'm going to yell at you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, the thing about kids is they start looking for that stuff on their own. Like yeah. I remember when, okay, I'm 43. Okay. So I got 13 years mm-hmm. on you. I was like, when did they I was, have phones back then? Yes. Rotary phones. 
I'm. You can call someone who's watching something on the TV and they can describe it to you. Let me just say, you better keep an eye on your water. Let me just say that. <laughs> keep an eye on your water, bro. Keep an eye on your water bottle. Anyway, bro. Anyway, like, I remember uh, uh, trying to watch scramble porn when I was in my, like, early teens. Yeah. Like, and I remember, like, like, occasionally like when i saw a stack of magazines on the corner yeah like i was going through them looking for stuff yeah like uh i remember and this is funny i remember white kids in my class i went to a, a christian school predominantly white which is funny it's predominantly black now and that's a whole other conversation oh, but i when i went there when it was predominantly white I remember talking to uh, guys who would be like talking about National Geographic, like their first exposure, their first exposure to boobs was right. Black Aborigines yeah. on, on in, in National Geographic. Yeah. And that's what's so funny to me, because like it's it's like w when we're kids, we want to like we have a natural curiosity yeah. that will pull us towards the more illicit aspects of life. And so it. The idea, you know, there's a nature versus nurture argument that, like, is the stuff changing who they are right. into be worse people? Right. Or is it just something they were into to regardless? And it's like, I don't know. Like, I have seen some heinous things. Yeah. Some heinous things on the Internet. Some things that, like, it, like... I can't admit to anyone I right. love that I have seen this yeah. just because I was looking for it or yeah. because it came across my way and didn't turn well, away. And that's but but let me finish. Yeah. But at that same point, like I'm not trying to repeat those acts. Right. Like I'm not trying to look into that any further. Like I'm not trying to house it on my computer. Like it's just I have seen these things. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like anything that would get me a CSC or right, anything like right. that. Right, right. No. But I'm just talking, I mean, stuff that you would see on Rotten, yeah. Ogrish, yeah. and other websites like that. But and when stuff. you see that, man, it almost it, 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 it makes me look at humans differently. It makes you look at differently. people differently. See, that's that's okay. Like I'm totally like Arlie Ermy in Full Metal Jacket. Like mm -hmm. I think you were all equally worthless. Like yeah. <laughs> I know the darkness of man. Like yeah. like I have. I mean, and it's not just from working security jobs. Right. It's like you read enough stories, you pay attention mm -hmm. to what goes on out there. I mean, you hear about like someone who is like, uh, you know, I mean. We can just go into cat. All I have to say is Catholic priest, okay? Mm, yeah. Like yeah. these are people who claim to be close to the, the breast holy. of the Lord that they love and pray to every day, yeah. and then commit some commit some of the most heinous acts with children. Like so, being holy doesn't necessarily make you holy. Just like pursuing evil things on the internet per se doesn't make you evil. Now the probability skyrockets. I and I think that it's something to where. It, it changes the person's quality of life when you constantly search for that stuff because then you really see people who, for who they are. So do you just ignore it? That's what I'm leaning towards is ignoring it. See, like when I watched that Midsummer movie, which I did a review on that. If you haven't checked it out, it was terrible. Don't see it, okay? There's a couple <laughs> scenes in it to where it was like, this is heavy. Like this is dark. Like, And it it's I feel like I'm getting to the age towards starting to bother me more because I'm more sensitive to it because I've seen the real life versions of that. You know, dude, maybe I'm just weird, but like when I think of your average human being, I tend to think of them as committing something potentially heinous first before I think of them as good. Really? Like it's straight up yeah. people who walk around smiling, smiling. They're the first people I'm suspicious of. <laughs> 
Like, if I see you just walking down the street all smiling, I'm like, you got somebody smiles. in the basement. I know you do. You got oh them wrapped up in the basement, don't but see, you? see, uh, why... Uh, you why? got bats in your belfry with battery bodies in the basement. Get out of here. But why do you think that is? Why do you think that's, like, the first thing that you go towards? Like that it's Because like, the earth is messed up, bro. Yeah. Like, there are pockets where beauty and happiness can happen. But the arc of humanity, even though it leans towards a better society, the more we know each other, the darker we find our impl- our inclinations to be. And that's, that's what drives me crazy about humans. We have—it's like— the movie Contact is one of my most favorite movies ever, uh, and there's so many people who crap on it. If you have a bad thing to say about Contact, don't you ever say it to me, <laughs> because then we can't be cool in real life in any way, shape, or form. Just save your comments to yourself. But there's a scene at some point uh, in the movie, where, so I won't spoil it, where somebody says to somebody else, your people are capable of such beautiful dreams and such horrible nightmares. Mm-hmm. And see, when you think that we can do Hitler, but then we can also have the Women's March, which is one of the largest yeah. like protests in the history of the United States, where we had the civil rights movement, yeah. where like it's still possible now, whereas rights couldn't be best- wouldn't be bestowed adequately upon minorities now there's more ability and capability and lawful things to kind of even the score as it were than there ever have been so we can't make beautiful things happen but what makes me mad is that we don't right so that's that's why when i think of mankind i i look at them in terms of how they have failed first before i look at them and how they how they can succeed i think it is based on what you ingest though what you ingest is what you become. I, I think it's part of it. I think. I mean, I'm not would, gonna. I'm not gonna watch a million people murder a million yes. people and then be like, "Oh, I want to murder people." But that's just it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Right. Like it's a part of that. Yeah. And depending on who you are, like if you were born without that piece of your brain that has sensitivity, and then no one held you as held you as a right. baby. When you look at this stuff, you're not seeing it as like, but like this is how the world is. You're seeing it as an instruction manual. Yeah. But like if you're a person who like loves people and raised in a great family. And then you look at that and you make that turn. Right. Well, then, I mean, then clearly that was it. You were susceptible to that. Right. I just think it's like everybody's susceptible to certain levels of conditioning, depending on what that object or thing is and what kind of person they are. Like someone sees cooking videos, decides they want to be a cook. Somebody sees killing videos, decides they want to be a killer. Or somebody sees cooking videos, says, wow, that's great. I love watching Fisherman's Life videos on YouTube. I don't want to fish. Do you really? Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Oh, man. I, the catching cooks. Like, he's doing. Really? Yeah, he just released a catching cook. I would have never like, guessed. I don't want to camp. I don't want to catch a fish. I don't want to cook it I up on the thing. Because I But I love watching his videos. I'm learning so much about Even it. when he bonks the fish on the head, I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate, but it's going to make good eating. And I'm like, I have no interest whatsoever in doing any of the things that he does. I'm glad that we did this podcast today just to learn that you love watching fisherman videos on YouTube. I, I, Fisherman's Life. That's one specific it, right, it's channel. One t- channel. But he also yeah. has buddies like, uh, he has a couple outdoor chef life and this other dude like Philosopher D or whatever. Yeah. And like, I like watching their videos. <laughs> but like from, oh, and I like watching videos of those dudes who silently build stuff in the dirt. Yes. Oh, or like they'll go camp for 30 days and they'll build a log camp. While yes. they're out there, yes. I, I I'll sit there and you know uh, what I've watched recently is uh, gun restorations, 
and they'll sit there and they'll show the whole process of them having this rusty piece of yes. crap gun that they found in an attic somewhere yes. and they turn it into gold. Dude, I like the ones where they do that with the knives. Yes. Where they take the knives. And it's and they, such a, yes. like, it, it will yes. literally be the rusty biggest piece yep. of crap and you can see through it like Michael Myers at the yep. end, bro. I'm like, God, I've learned so much about you. This yeah. is you. People need to do podcasts just to. Well, and I wanted to ask you too. It, 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 we we went out to lunch the other day, and I was like, "Cool, this isn't just a work friendship." So thank you for that. And we're also going this Saturday somewhere. And and well, if you don't show up, then I'll know. I guess. Well, here's the deal. Okay, and this is going. this yeah. is something. Okay, this is a big revelation on my part. Um, you are rapidly becoming what I would call a friend, which, okay, okay. For me, the typical pattern of friendship usually takes two to three, maybe even four years. Oh, I ain't got that much time, dude. Exactly, exactly. Like, this podcast has forced me to get to know you in a way that I wasn't ready for. And it's like, I I literally had the thought, like I was in the shower scrubbing my pits, and I was like, wait a second, (laughs) Art and I are friends. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is we spent the first year and a half... Mutually suffering under an individual regime of nonsense. (laughs) And at that point, the podcast is over. Thanks so much for listening. Because that will be a whole four-hour discussion. And we'll get, hey, man, 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 why were you talking about me, man? Why were you doing that, man? Don't even. We we both dealt with some elements in our building that were unfortunate. Our company has been good. And it's changed a lot of those elements. So working here is fantastic. And it is who you surround yourself with, man. I've never known that as to be a case study until I came here. Oh, dude, I've, I've... I've always like how I choose my people. Yeah. Like that's everything. Like it's funny when people tell me like so-and-so is my friend and I've observed their relationship. I'm like, that person is not your friend. Right. You were using them or they're using you, but like they're not your friend. I've got literally, I think I could count on both hands friends that I would go to bat for. Mm -hmm. That's it. And you're one of them, but you're like on, you're on literally two. I can't think of half of them are family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't trust very many people. And I think that that's a good thing, but I think it's it can be bad, too. No, bro. You know? that, I think that's absolutely necessary to survival. Like, yeah. there's only so many people you can trust. Like, people who trust, like, oh, I trust this person, I trust that person. Like, nah. Yeah. If you have more than the numbers of fingers on one hand, yep. even if you're one of those people like seven fingers, if you have more <laughs> fingers, if you have more people that you trust absolutely yeah. than fingers you have on one hand, then you better cut some people out. Cause somebody gonna burn you. That's a big therapy session podcast. You guys need to take this with you. People usually charge for this. Okay, so take this with you everywhere that you go. I uh, keep downloading too. Downloads are important. And share with your friends, yeah. please. Yeah. We've had a lot of explosive interest, which has surprised us both. But we want that to be even more explosive. Like yeah. we want the parabolic arch to go straight to the sky. And we've got more interviews coming. Um, we're gonna be uploading the Gavin uh, Rosdale interview from Bush. We oh, talked to him. Oh yeah, we did talk to Gavin. Oh my god. Doing some stuff with Disrupt Fest tomorrow. Uh, those will be uploaded later this week. And that's all week. you. I look forward to seeing what yep. you pull out of there. And we're setting stuff up for uh, possibly this weekend and going into August. So lots of stuff. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah. again, spread the word. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe and do all that stuff. And thanks. Oh, and we have a Art and Span Facebook page. Yes. Like, it like has the, three likes right now. Like the Q106 <laughs> Facebook page. Like Art's Artemis page. Mm-hmm. Like my Mighty Span page. And like the Art and Span Facebook page. And yes, 
I know that's a lot, but I mean, what does the light cost you? And you can always kill it out of your newsfeed. Now, don't because we're amazing. I mean, really. <laughs> but I mean, you can do that. Yeah. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Hold to on, this do episode. we have Art and Span Twitter too? Yeah, at Art and Span Show. Follow us at We've Art done and nothing Span with Show. That. Yeah, I haven't even. I, I can. Do I do have the password to that. Yeah, I think I gave it to you. Okay, we really got to. We do have something. too many social medias, man. We need to get rid of one. I I vote for us to get rid of Twitter. So, just get rid of it. No, no, gotta, Twitter. I go for fun. As a, yeah. Twitter, we Facebook. Gotta, we have a Twitter and an Instagram. If any of them go away, Facebook does. Yeah. Twitter well, and Instagram, we can. Facebook will never go away. It's always watching. No, Facebook can watch. It can watch a blank page. That's what it can do. <laughs>